Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem. On today's episode, I'm so excited to be interviewing the pastor's wives tell all. Stephanie Gilbert, Jessica Taylor, and Jenna Allen join us on today's episode. They have a podcast called The Pastor's Wives Tell All, and it's a podcast created by pastor's wives for church leaders and anyone desiring to take a peek inside their glass house. Their mission is to bring unity and truth to the church, one church leader at a time. Y'all, they came to our deep conference in October of this past year. And this is, that's how we met. And I just love these ladies. They love Jesus and they are so much fun and so inspiring. They are doing great kingdom work and they're having a blast doing it. And so I know you're gonna love this episode. You're gonna love them. And I hope you enjoy this conversation on today's episode of Beyond Sunday. Guys, I got to meet these ladies at our uh, deep conference, our women's conference. They came, they were guests of Natalie Runyon, who is one of our speakers, and they are just a delight. I was so honored that they came to spend time with us and I got to meet them and they are here on the podcast. We, we were going to, we're doing a, a podcast to podcast. Uh, <laughs> we both are hosts and it's just so much fun. So ladies, welcome to the podcast. So honored to have y'all. Thank Thanks. you. Thank for you so much. Us. We're so excited. Okay, so tell us or tell our listeners a little bit about who you are um, and what you do. Okay, so I'll go first. Yeah, <laughs> my girl. name is Jenna. Jenna. Yes, and my husband's name is Ian, and we have two children. We have Addie, who's 10, almost 11, and Avery, who's 8. And my husband actually started out as a school teacher, but we always knew that he would be in ministry full time one day. So he taught for eight years all while doing ministry on the side. And he has been everything from a youth pastor to a worship pastor. Worship is his heart. He loves discipling pastors, specifically worship pastors. And it's really cool because we, (laughs) I always wondered what my place alongside him in ministry looked like. And one day I was like, oh, wait, we do the same thing, but I'm, you know, we're doing it for pastor's wives and my husband does it for, you know, pastors. So that was really a really cool revelation for us. But he currently is the production director and discipleship pastor at our, our church that we attend now. So awesome. That's me. I love it. And I am Jessica and my husband is Jonathan and we have two beautiful daughters, Grace and Olivia. Grace is 13 and Olivia is 11. So we are hitting the teens, praise the Lord, <laughs> hallelujah, um, yep. and, wild ride. and uh, Jonathan is the lead pastor at Village Church uh, here in Alabama, and we absolutely love it so much, and he's also been, uh, we were youth pastors most of our uh, marriage, but now we've mm. been, uh, he's been lead pastor for nine years now, so it's a wild ride. We absolutely love it, and um, I've run a nonprofit called Kamoy Missions out of Rwanda, Africa. Cool. I love how you just kind of threw that in at the end, like it was no big deal. She <laughs> runs a nonprofit. I know. It's incredible. I know like, about that. It is. Yeah. No, it's amazing. 
amazing. Okay. Well, I am Stephanie. My husband's name is Isaac. We have three children and we have just hit the teen years as well. My oldest is Bryce. He's 13. Our middle child is 11. He's Bentley. And then our youngest is a girl. Her name is Avery and she's nine years old. So, and for me, this has been the most fun age, but my husband and I have served in youth ministry ever since we got married. Actually, he's been doing it since before we got married, which was 17 years ago. So we absolutely love teenagers. I have just stepped into more of a college age role as well. And it's just, there's something about that age. I love that they love to learn and grow and there's so much fun. And I know people say, oh my gosh, the teenage years. (laughs) I love it. Give me the moodiness. I don't care. Give it all to me. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) Yes. I love that. mm -hmm. So as far as how we met the three of us, these two have known each other a lot longer, Jenna and Jessica. They have, they grew up in the same city. So they kind of have known of each other and they were in the same church for a little while, but they started growing more of a relationship, I think back around maybe 2016. And then I moved to this city where we're all at in 2017. And then a couple years after that, I felt the Lord leading me to serve women in some capacity and to bring the church together, not, you know, just the Baptist church or the whatever, but just the whole body of Christ. Capital C church. church. Yes. Yes. And I wanted to see diversity and I wanted to see the young and the old, just all of us, the poor the ones that are a little more well off, like all of us come together. And I thought, what better way than let's have a women's conference, which is funny because that's how we met you was at your women's yes. conference. Yes. Love but it. I didn't want it to be my church running it. I wanted to right. create like a board of women. And so mm-hmm. through that, I had a certain friend of mine mention to me, she's like, do you know Jessica Taylor? You need to know her because she needs to be on your team. She's a pastor's wife in the community. She's amazing. She can do all of these things. She's so talented, blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, yes. I know she's rolling her eyes, but really, (laughs) she talked her up. And I was like, well, where is she? Bring her to me. And so (laughs) we ended up having this conversation on the phone that lasted well over an hour. We talked about like everything. She ended up joining the team to have this women's conference that never actually happened because of COVID. It's funny how God works. He just put us together that way. Um, And through that, she introduced me to Jenna and I started building a relationship with her as they are building a relationship with each other. And one day, I I don't know, I felt the Lord just, I I had always felt like I didn't quite fit as a pastor's wife, that I didn't do things correctly or that I maybe I didn't look the part. I just always felt a little bit outside of things. And so mm-hmm. I had mentioned that to them. And I, I think they had both felt that way um, at one time or another along this journey of ministry. And so I just threw it out there. I think the Lord just kind of whispered it into my ear almost. It was just like a podcast. Like, why? what if we started a podcast? And we really shared and talked about all the hard things about being a pastor's wife and how we don't fit. I said, we could call it the very worst preacher's wife. (laughs) It didn't end up being called that, but that's kind of how we met and how the friendship was formed and how the idea of the podcast came about. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So Stephanie, tell me a little bit more about how you talked about um, how you didn't feel like you fit in as a pastor's wife or 
Um, and, and that's obviously something that mutually y'all all kind of connected over and bonded over and, and shared that same feeling. Talk a little bit more about that specifically and what it was in particular. Um, cause I know I'm, I'm, you know, I got this from your website that you, uh, you are, it's, it's a podcast by pastor's wives for church leaders and anyone desiring to take a peek inside our glass house, mm. breaking down walls within the church and crushing pastor wifey stereotypes. I love that. So talk about that a little bit. Well, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes, honestly. Uh, Of course, the the one big one we joke about is that, oh, she plays the piano and she wears pearls and dresses all the time. I mean, she must sleep in a dress. (laughs) (laughs) And I think even just on the outside, outside appearance, Growing up in that 90s purity culture and Mm -hmm. church back in the 90s, every pastor's wife just seemed to have it together. And most of the time, mine always wore a dress or a Mm -hmm. skirt. Even the pastor, it's like if I ever saw him outside of church, it was like, we're still wearing a tie or we still have a collared shirt on. And then you don't really see inside their homes. Like I always thought, oh my gosh, their marriages are just rock solid. And I kept thinking, mine is not rock solid. I mean, we have problems. We argue. Mm -hmm. We, you know, it's not perfect. And then as far as like having kids, I felt like, a failure from the beginning as a mom. My firstborn cried all the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I think I'm the worst like mother ever. I must make him cry. And I literally had someone feed that into me that my anxiety caused him to cry. Mm. And really, he had a lot of other things going on that we now know about that we didn't know then. But mm. I think all of these things thinking, I'm not a good mom. I My marriage is not perfect. I don't play the piano. <laughs> I... Yes. And I like holy jeans <laughs> and I don't mean H-O-L-Y, <laughs> even though I feel as though they are, you know, <laughs> um, but just, and then feeling like I, I had problems and wanted to talk about them, but then felt like I couldn't talk about them because right. pastors wives don't have problems. You fix other people's problems. You counsel other right. people. You can't have those issues. And I think that those mutual feelings among the three of us is even what drew us together to be like, do y'all feel lonely sometimes too? Like Mm. in this role, like people don't understand what you're going through or, and that feeling of like, I I, I don't want to be fake, but I feel like I have to be in order to look like I'm supposed to look to Mm. fit that mold of what a pastor's wife is. And I think that's what we see as a church as a whole, that there's so many ministry leaders that are just putting on those mm-hmm. facades. And that's yes. a problem. Yeah. yeah, that is so well said. I feel like uh, when you talked about the stereotypes of, of playing piano, one that I had was sewing. I, I thought that like a good Christian <laughs> woman had to know how to like sew all of her own clothes oh, because wow. you see that in, in kind of like the Proverbs 31. Yeah. And so I, mm-hmm. I remember like, oh, well, then I have to learn how to sew, but I hated mm-hmm. sewing. I hated it so much. <laughs> and it's just like, so that was one of mine. And I, mm-hmm. I remember growing up and like, oh, if, I, if I'm going to be a good wife, I've got to learn to, you know, to sew and make all my own clothes from scratch. <laughs> and I it would be all so, out of the game. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how to sew a button on. I mean, problem. I can sort of do it and not bring it. My right. husband taught me, so that's crazy. That is hilarious. Yes. 
Yes, my husband, because yeah, he's an Eagle Scout. He would like, you know, can do his own patches That's and awesome. buttons and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you take it over, sweetie. Yes. You go for it. That's amazing. So, I love that. Okay. So I love the name of y'all's podcast, Pastor's Wives Tell All. And I have to say, like when I've mentioned the name, I'm like, oh, Pastor's Wives Tell All. You got to follow them. There's a, like, there's this feeling of like, oh, they tell all? <laughs> like it's this very scandalous mm-hmm. name, yes. but it's really just this vulnerability and transparency that mm-hmm. you as as pastors wives are trying to live your life with yeah. and so talk about and and like talk about what set you free and cuz i i see this a lot of ministers feel like they have to carry this facade yeah uh yeah. like we do have it all together mm-hmm. um but but what what was that what set you free mm-hmm to to say i'm not going to carry this i'm not like was there a breaking point was there something in in you jenna jessica uh, you know that that just felt like okay i'm 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 done with this i'm not going to carry this burden anymore yeah i i'll say I, I there's something that sticks out to me well first of all we were youth pastors for a long time and we started yeah. when i was 20 we were engaged at 19 married at 20 and went right into youth um being youth pastors and so everything I saw is kind of what Stephanie talked about up front is um, just this proper lady um, that sits on the front row and shares on her husband, but never really speaks and um, mm. is just, you know, meek and mild. And that is like the opposite of what I am. Um, and so I, I just remember like those first 10 years of ministry, I was just like, I am nothing like her or um, the other pastor's wives. And it was Mm. hard um, because I am loud. I am a leader. There's so much about me that is different. Um, I love to teach and um, speak and all of these things. Um, And so when we came to our church that we are at now, we went through a lot of church hurt um, early on, not not actually Mm. early on. Half of our ministry was a lot of church hurt. And after our last big thing that happened to us, um, we got healing and then found ourselves at Village Church. And that's where my husband took his first, uh, you know, lead role as a lead pastor. And I remember that we had the opportunity to create a new culture within a church and not be like all the other churches and start from ground up, which you know about um, church planting. And um, we can do it different. And that's Mm. what we wanted to do. And Jonathan and I learned a lot on how not to be the first 10 Mm -hmm. years of our marriage um, in ministry. And that's what we took away, that we'll learn how not to be. We're definitely not perfect, and we still make mistakes on a regular. Amen. Praise the Lord. But we are learning um, (laughs) constantly. And so for me, I still remember, like, I had trust issues when I got to this church because of the hurt Mm -hmm. we went through. So, and our staff know that. Gosh, two years in was when I started to let walls down. But when I got um, diagnosed with uh, an autoimmune disease, I remember my husband saying, we're going to tell the staff about it. And I was like, "Mm, no, I'm good. I'll take care of myself. But I remember when um, I shared with them the support and love and, of course, awkwardness that came because I didn't want anybody to think that I am weak and that I needed help Mm -hmm. because that's just a flaw in me. Um, that it was like this overwhelming love that poured out mm-hmm. that I had never experienced before. 
And yeah. then, then they said, you have to tell the church. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Um, and so with a lot of fighting and arguing, I spoke to the church about it and in tears, which made it even more awkward and made me feel even less <laughs> strong is what I feel like I want to appear. And, but it was so yeah. humbling. It was so beautiful. And what I have seen throughout our ministry is when you are vulnerable, then they, the walls break down and then they feel like they can be vulnerable. And I remember that it started to become free, that I became myself, no matter who I was really? around, I would tell them, just like Stephanie said, uh, yes, Jonathan and I argue. I remember one of my friends one day, um, church members walked in and her and her husband clearly, at, well, at first I didn't know it was her and her husband were fighting, but she walked in and I could tell when people are struggling. She walked in, I was like, are you okay? And she's like, sure. And I was like, no, you're not. Tell me what's wrong. And her <laughs> and her husband had had a fight on the way to church. And I was like, girl, me and Jonathan have that all the time. And it always happens before church. And then we got to come in and smile and look like everything's okay. And so I told her about me and Jonathan fighting and she goes, y'all fight? You did that? And I was like, yeah. I used to be crazy, especially early on in our marriage with our fighting. And um, it broke down walls. And she yeah. felt better that she wasn't different than me, that we still struggle with the same things. And so I saw that was like the realization that I want to let them know that I am just like them because I am. We are human mm -hmm. and we make mistakes mm -hmm. and we are not perfect. And they need to know that because yeah. we don't, what we always say, we don't need to be put on a pedestal. That pedestal is for Jesus and that is it. Amen. Mm, mm, okay. Preach. So letting down those vulnerable walls and then the church can be vulnerable. And that's where sin can come to light and healing mm -hmm. can take place. And so much can happen because of that. That's yeah. awesome. I, I love all of that, Jess. Um, one, one of the breaking, like the breakthrough moments for me personally, um, one of the last churches that my husband was on staff with was a more traditional church, more traditional than I had ever been a part of before. He filled in for somebody, and then it became a long-term thing. And I had always wanted a nose ring. I had just always <laughs> wanted one. I just thought, oh, yeah. it's so cute. It's like just a little piece of glitter. Like I just wanted like a tiny, you know. Yes. And I, when, I, when I realized that what was holding me back from actually doing that was people-pleasing and what will this person think of me? I'm the youth pastor's wife. Or, you know, I'm the worship pastor's wife. Like, what are they going to think? All of these older mm. people, they're going to look at me and be like, ew, you know? When I realized <laughs> in my head that I was only not doing it because of what somebody was going to think about me as a ministry leader's wife, I had this epiphany like, wait a second, this does not define me. Only The only person that defines me is God. <laughs> so I, I don't need to have this, this mentality and when I went and got that done, and I will not say that I did not walk into that church <laughs> that next week thinking, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, like what are they going to think <laughs> right. about me? But it was almost a statement that I had to make for myself of like, mm -hmm. the only person that defines me and who I am is God. My identity lies in Him and nobody else. Yeah. So it was when I made that decision, it was like this breakthrough moment for me. It was, I love that. and it sounds so silly, but like a nose ring did that for me. Like it, it <laughs> brought all of this, all of these it. epiphanies for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. So what was your, talk about a little bit about your experience um, with church growing up. Like, did you, do you have a church background? Um, mm -hmm. And was, was, was church a part of your childhood? 
Yeah, so I grew up Southern Baptist. Um, I loved the church that I attended growing up, but there were a lot of things, a lot of opinions, I would say, were, yeah. were preached from the pulpit. And I didn't really understand any of that until I got to be an adult and was like, oh, wait a second. That's, that's not necessarily truth. Like, mm. let me, let me go out and, and figure this out. Like, let's, let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible says about this. Right. So, and then, and then as Stephanie talked about earlier, a lot of, a lot of the mentality of like, oh, this leadership is perfect. Like they never struggle with anything. They don't talk about yes. the hard things. It's all rainbows and butterflies all the time. Mm. And it, it, which is really a mask. These people mm-hmm. are wearing this mask and they make it, they make it appear and seem to other people like they have it all together. So then when yeah. I become an adult and I get married and I have children specifically, I, I realize, whoa, like I'm a wow. failure. I'm thinking to myself, like I'm a failure. I, you know, but, but it was because of this mentality that the world says that ministry leaders are supposed to be this. They're supposed to be that. They're supposed to look like this. They're supposed to look like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I personally have made it a point because I'm not going to pretend to be somebody I'm not like, I'm not right. going to put on this mask and, you know, pretend that I don't have marriage struggles sometimes, or that I don't have struggles with my kids. Yeah. It is very important to all of us that we are vulnerable and transparent because like Jessica said, it does break down walls and it shows the church members and other people that we are not perfect yeah. and right. it allows them to, to feel like they can open up and that they can, they can talk about their struggles. Yeah. So, and not put us yeah. up on this pedestal that we don't belong on, on in the first place. And, and I, I and I grew up in church um, and my uh, father was a music pastor. Um, so we, I grew up behind the scenes, seeing a lot um, mm-hmm. of good and bad Um so I, I've struggled early on with some church issues, but also saw sure. a lot of good and loved being a part of the church from an early age. I think we all saw a bit of legalism, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say, growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So I, especially, especially me, <laughs> um, I, my church, well, just to kind of give you a little bit, they would think that Southern Baptists were way like out there and liberal. Like wait, that, that was too wow. much. Yes. <laughs> when, when I say, I'm not kidding. Um, women could only wear skirts, especially to church. Mm-hmm. If somebody mm-hmm. walked in with pants on, it was like, <gasps> you know, while we were all yeah. gasping for breath, like it was one of those places. And so, and even the school I went to was very, very ultra conservative as well. And so I saw a lot of that growing up very mm-hmm. much, I would say outward appearance focused. And and honestly, there was a lot of good people. Like my pastor and pastor's sure. wife growing up, like they were like family to me and they truly loved on me no matter what. But I still think it's like everybody was caught up in that legalistic mindset of we got to mm-hmm. do this, this, and this. And that's just what everyone was taught. And so that's what every church did. And all these churches would get together for camp meetings and revivals and, you know, spit and holler and jump the pews and talk about throw your TV out and all of these things. It was just the thing they did. So I grew up with a lot of that. And I feel like that did affect me even going into marriage and just, oh, so many things I've had to unlearn. 
and 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 deconstruct. So yes. that word, you know, we yeah. talk about deconstruction kind of now it's it's a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Some of it's good. Like some yes. of some of the deconstruction that we have to do is deconstructing the toxic things that we mm-hmm. learned, right? Correct. Yeah. So I think it's really cool. So I met you guys through Natalie. Uh, she came to speak, uh, raised to stay. She's was one of our speakers at the Deep Conference. And so, but I see a lot of connection and, you know, she's a pastor's kid. Um, there's a lot of cool correlations between what you guys, your ministry and, and what she talks about mm-hmm. too, just this staying in yeah. church, staying in Christ in, in Christ centered community, even, even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you, you guys obviously how, talk about how you kind of met Natalie and, and, um, kind of that, how, how, how your ministries sort of intersected. Talk about that. So Natalie, I think we all were, were mesmerized <laughs> by all of her yes. black boxes on Instagram. Yes. She had, I don't even know how long she'd been doing it, but I feel like it was just in the beginning when she really started growing and we would see these bold statements about staying, even when it's hard, Yes, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff that needs to be undone, but God is faithful and we have to stay for him, not for the people. Yeah. Like just all these great things. And we really felt connected just on that level. And so we did have her as a guest on our podcast. And I think just from then on, mm-hmm. it was like, mm-hmm. this girl is doing a lot of what we're wanting to do and what yeah. are the direction we want to go. And even the writing the books, like she wrote a book, we've written a book that's now um, out for pre-sales and all the things. And a lot of it has to do with there is church hurt. There are hard things, but yeah, mm-hmm. we stay and we serve and we remain faithful even when it's hard. You know, you said deconstruct. And I think, yeah, a lot of people want to run away from that word, but that word's not bad. That just means right. to take right. something apart, take right. out the things that you don't need and put it back together. And I don't think people are deconstructing mm-hmm. a lot of times. What they're doing right. is destroying or demolishing mm-hmm. their faith. Yeah, and I word. think you have to understand the difference. So, yeah, I don't run away from that word. I say yes. I yeah. did. I unlearned. I deconstructed my faith. I feel like they these two have done the same thing in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and I think that's what brought us and Natalie together. Just that commonality, mm-hmm. and then of course, just being stupid and silly together. Mm-hmm. Like she yes. doesn't. She will let loose. She is who she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's a real yes. nice. no, yeah, like, and she truly loves people and sees them. And I think like we felt that and she was so supportive. And that's what we're looking for is we all want to be women who uplift each other and support mm. each other in what we're doing. Mm. We're not, we don't need to be in competition. Mm-hmm. Right. We mm-hmm. need to be, yep. there needs to be a whole lot more collaboration. And she yeah. talks a lot about that. And that's well, our heart. And we learn mm-hmm. from each other. I yeah. mean, that's a beautiful yes. thing with the podcast, with books, with speaking and traveling. Like we've met, if we just sit here and we've been all of God of like the people and the testimonies that we've heard because mm-hmm. of what God has called us to. And so for her mm-hmm. testimony, and she just pours into us and we were able to, um, she, we were in Missouri doing a, a retreat um, and she ended up coming and hanging out one night with us. And so cool. that's a whole nother story, but it's just so sweet. Like just that time that we've had and to go, 
like she's just like us and mm-hmm. we're just like her yeah. and we're going through the same things. And we find out when we communicate and we break down those barriers and of competition and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. thinking people are high and mighty and all this kind of stuff. Like we find out right. we're all the same. Yeah. We're all dealing with yep. the same things and mm-hmm. let's encourage each other and walk together and we're going to grow in wisdom and have fun while we do it. And because that's a yes. big thing that the three of us want to yeah. do is to bring more laughter into people's lives. And she does the same for sure. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love to the, just the fruit that, um, that both of your ministries have and, and are, are showing just because of the willingness to stay, the willingness to stay when it's hard, the willingness to laugh at yourselves, not take mm-hmm. yourselves so seriously and, and lead with vulnerability. And I think that that's what, I think that that's what the church needs you know, more than, more than ever. So was there ever a time, I guess, you know, y'all, y'all kind of talked a little bit about this already, Jessica, especially, um, you know, with the church hurt experience that you had, but talk about a time when you felt like there was just no hope to carry on or continue in, in the work that God had called you to do. And, and, and talk to that, person that's Mm -hmm. maybe listening to this and is at that place right now. Um, what, what inspired you, what kept you from throwing in the towel? Yeah. I, uh, so the last church that we were a part of, we were there for a long time. Jenna was there with me as well because her husband was leading our youth ministry. He was our worship pastor for our youth and did an amazing job. Um, but when, we went through the hurt that we went through. Um, it was really bad. And we're in a very small town. So um, the slander, the lies that even after um, my husband was fired, um, even after that, the lies continued. Um, and we were in the middle of adop- adopting our second um, daughter from China in the process of that. And so it was so hard. And I'm not going to lie when you say stayers, you know, and I know Natalie, all of her black boxes, I I didn't want to stay, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was probably, I mean, thank goodness we had some sweet friends that kept giving us their beach houses. And mm-hmm. so I was like, can we just stay gone? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't really want to go back to our city because everyone knew and the lies that were being told, um, I will tell you, and, and I've said this on other podcasts, like I, I go to anger. And so mm-hmm. in those moments with being telling all, I was ready to go burn some houses down. Like you've messed with my man, you've messed with yeah. me and my family and yeah. what God had called us to, um, because there's a lot, he, they were even trying to stop me doing things in Africa. And so like, mm. I was at the point, like, are you sure God? Cause I feel like I could do a really good job in jacking people up. Like that's where I was, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know you say in Exodus 14, 14 to be still and I will fight for you, but I feel like I could do a really good job, Lord. Um, so, but that's where I was for many months. Um, and, mm. but Jonathan got me, dragged me to church, um, to a sweet church mm. in, um, our, a city right next to us. And I found healing, even though I did not want to step in there. It felt so awkward. I found healing there. there. And through that, the worst pain in our lives um, came some of the most beautiful, beautiful callings in my life and ministries. And so would I do it again? Yes, because of, I know the outcome, but it was hard. And, um, but yeah. I will say, I'm going to come at it from a, from a spiritual warfare standpoint, because when you're doing the Lord's work, you, you, 
you know, you, you got a, you got an enemy who is going to come after you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is really difficult in those fire moments Mm -hmm. to remember that you have tools that you can Mm -hmm. fight him with. Um, and sometimes you just want to walk away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, I would not be telling the truth if I said that my husband has not ever said the words, should I just go get a nine to five? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. And, but as hard as it is, I, I have, I have, I'm, I just know for a fact that when I'm, when I met that, that man, I knew that it was a calling on his life and I knew what I was getting into when I married him. And yeah. there, there was something so attractive about that because I had never, I had never met a man who loved Jesus as much as he, as he did when I first met him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. does now. And it's like, when you know that without a shadow of a doubt, when you know you're called to something, you cannot let the enemy mm-hmm. come in and kill, steal, and destroy yeah. what yeah. he's called you to. Mm-hmm. And we all have to remind each other of that. And they might have to remind me of that a little bit more than I have to remind them of that. Um, <laughs> because the enemy is real and he will come yeah. at you and he will tell you that you are somebody that you are not. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that happens. And we just have to lay it down every single day and say, God, you, not me, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. because I can't do this without you. Yeah. And I will That's say right. that over and over again. It is through nothing that I have done or that we have done yeah. that For this who? ministry has been as successful as it has been because he is so good and he is and he has just done so much that we just could have never dreamed. So mm. I would just say, like, if you're doing if you're doing the Lord's work and the enemy's coming after you, you're yeah. doing something right. Amen. Keep okay. Going. So keep, keep going. going. <laughs> Use the tools that God has given you. Yeah. His word and kick well, the devil in the butt. And stop thinking that we're it. not gonna have issues. Like right. we get right. our we get our like we get so hurt like we're in school. And we have to remember if you read scripture, every single disciple, every single person dealt with so, so much yeah. that we oh, could yeah. not even yeah. handle if right. it happened to yeah. us. But we're so yes. upset and so offended yeah. and we're ready to throw in the towel when we get yes. the, and, and so we have to remember like if it happened to Paul, if it happened to Jesus, like we have to know that it's going to happen to us, that we will be hated because the world hated him first. So we have to remember that and stop thinking that everything's going to be ponies and rainbows. And it wasn't just the world. It was the religious people that hated him. Yeah. And that's That's the church that's hurting. That's right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I'm, yeah, you remember that as you're reading, you know, the apostle Paul wrote four of his letters from prison. Right. right. So it's like, okay, we can, we can endure this. We can, we can do hard things. Mm -hmm. So I love that you guys talk about the community, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's the community that the Christ-centered community that can tear us down, (laughs) or Mm -hmm. it can be the Christ-centered community that builds us back up. And you, you, you've given examples of both. So I love that that it's your mission now to be a part of the Christ-centered community that heals and that brings truth and that brings encouragement and laughter. And that is, um, so even, even though the things that, you know, what the en- enemy meant for evil, you're now, you know, God is using for good, um, you know, that he works all these things out for, for the good of those that are called according to mm-hmm. his purposes. So that you're, you know, you're taking these um kind of these negative experiences 
but but allowing God to bring good from them. So obviously you found that uh, community with each other. Um, So yeah, tell our listeners just what would you what would you say to them about finding that Christ centered community, even even when it's hard, and even if they feel like they can't give it another shot, what would you say to them? It's so necessary. And if Jesus had community, which he shows us that he did through his word, why are we not having community? And here's the thing. People are going to hurt you that mark it down. I mean, Judas, but, and Jesus knew he would, but did he say, oh no, I got to put up, I got to put up a wall there because he's going to hurt me eventually. No, he said, come on in be a part of my community. And that to me is humbling. And I'm not saying don't have healthy boundaries. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you have to be willing to take that risk and step Mm -hmm. into community and friendship because God has shown us through his Mm -hmm. word that it is good. And there is wisdom that comes from that. And there is hope and healing that comes from that. You have to be willing to accept the hard with the good right? I mean, that's how Jesus works. There's hard with holy (laughs) every single time. And for me, for a long time, I felt lonely because part of that was I was putting on that mold and that facade. And so that, and people misread that or misunderstood or whatever. Mm -hmm. It led to a lot of heartache. And then when I finally said, no more, I'm going to be vulnerable because you got to be vulnerable in order to find true friendship. Sure. You can have like acquaintances, You can have people you go out with here and there, but to have a true community and fellowship, like Mm -hmm. you have to be yourself. Like you have to let them know what you struggle with. You have to show them the good along with the hard. It's, Mm -hmm. it's all, it's not either, or it's always both. And Mm -hmm. that's good. That's a good word. Okay, so who has been your biggest ministry inspiration? Jenna, we'll start with you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hot seat. Oh, Hot seat. goodness. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I'm just going to say Natalie because that's just who just mm. came to my mind. Like, yeah. she's the real deal. And yeah. just being able to sit with her and gain wisdom from her and seeing that she is not, she's not one of those who's going to come in, even if she's speaking and she's going to stay in a room to the side by herself. Mm-hmm. She like, mm-hmm. she is among the people. And the we people. have always yeah. said, the three of us have always said, we will never be those people who will not respond when people mm-hmm. message us or who will not be among the people because that's, yeah. that's what it's about. We're not right. going to pretend to, you know, we're not going to sit in another room and, 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 Natalie talks about that a lot and has recently. And oh, yeah, it's just yes, the (laughs) the whole green room conversation. I mean, and it's really sad. It's really sad what that has become in a lot of churches. This just mentality of, you know, just because we are in this position that we're there, you know, we're better than the people who aren't in this position. And, you know, it's, it's kind of creeped in and, so there are some people who really don't realize that they have that mentality and they do, but she is definitely yeah. not one of them. She's as real as they come and she's, she's truly an inspiration to me. And I know mm-hmm. all three of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't think, I, um, I don't think I could name one cause that's my personality. That's, <laughs> she can't pick, I can't pick. Um, okay. Thank you, Angela. I feel seen. <laughs> I feel um, you. But I will say like, 
encompassing. I think it's one is John Baptiste that I work with in Rwanda, Africa. He's a pastor there and um, he has just, uh, just changed me and taught me so much. He's like, he's a brother, a father, all the things Mm -hmm. to me and anyone that comes in contact with him. Um, But I would also say Jenna, Stephanie, and all of my friends that I have now and my church, my church family now, like I just, I, I couldn't name one because it's all encompassing. It's every single relationship that I could have missed out on if I put up boundaries because I thought that I was more important than the church. Mm, So so I would say that it's all of them. I can see all of their Mm -hmm. faces and what they have taught me and um, about community and vulnerability and, and just my friend, my close friends that have just um, allowed me to be my true self and love me no matter how goofy or serious I can be. Um, mm-hmm. and just been there to encourage and strengthen and uphold. So, I mean, I, I, that, yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it. This is going to be difficult for me right. to answer too, because there's been a lot of different people along the way, like she said. Mm-hmm. I think one person in particular that did come to mind when it comes to youth ministry, especially, mm-hmm. and how to really disciple and love those kids well, and someone who has really poured out to my husband as a youth minister, and he has learned and grown so much from this person is a man named Roger Glidewell. He runs the the youth camp that we go to every year. And he was a youth minister, I think at the first Baptist church in Orlando, Florida, and then at a few other churches. But he is so good at loving people, just seeing them and loving them. He is, he is goofy and silly. Mm. He is an older man now, but he comes out with his like little Hawaiian button up shirt or whatever. And the teenagers <laughs> still love him and he still yeah. feels relevant to them mm. because he just gets in there with them. And I think seeing that, that's what my husband and I want to do. We want to do life with them. Like he would invite them into their home or into, yes, him and his wife's home and just let them see how they were doing life and invited them in. And that's how I think we have learned and grown is from a lot of what we've learned from him. And then even within my church now, um, one thing I really respect about our current pastor, and I think I will always want to take that if we ever go anywhere else, we're going to take this mindset as we go, is that he doesn't let things fester. If there's a problem, if somebody comes to him with a complaint or they're talking about someone else, he's like, okay, let's bring them in. We're going to take care of this right now. There is no playing around with it. There's no sweeping things under the rug. And I think both my husband and I really respect that and love that about him and hope that we can carry that on into the future. And then, yes, the friendships. There's just, there's so many people. There's so many people that have poured into me. I know. It's, it is so hard to pick just one, but, um, but yeah, just hearing the stories that have shaped you all, it helps, um, you know, just helps us and our listeners kind of get to know, um, you ladies and hear, you know, more of your stories because they're powerful. It's really what, what y'all are doing is so inspiring and encouraging. Um, I saw you guys were recently on the 700 club. You did an interview there (laughs) and uh, as just so cool. And so I'm a fangirl. I'm, I've been, you know, uh, so now I'm, a, I'm following y'all and, and I'm just excited about what the Lord is doing through your message. So let's talk about your book. 
you guys have a book coming out. Yeah. Um, so, so crazy. Yeah. But, well, I've pre-ordered it. It's already, yes. I've got it. it's, it's, um, I can't wait to read it. It releases in April. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. April 30th. Okay. Yep. So tell us, mm-hmm. tell us about the book. <laughs> okay. Well, the book's title is Pastor's Wives Tell All, Navigating Real Church Life with Honesty and Humor. And it is a book by three pastor's wives. It is not just for pastor's wives. It is for ministry leaders across the board. And we also speak directly to the church. We cover topics like church hurt, Mm -hmm. parenting our little pastor's kids. Um, We really open that door up and talk about the inner workings of marriage and the problems and therapy and medication. (laughs) Like I know it sounds like it's a whole bunch of things, but it all goes back to that we struggle with the same things the church does Mm -hmm. and we need Mm -hmm. each other Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how we can serve each other better and have a healthier, stronger church because of it. So that is the heart behind the book. That's why we want to get it into as many hands as possible. Yes. Across the board, church leaders, they, we, Mm -hmm. we believe they need it, but it's not just them. We do mm-hmm. think the church could benefit from it. We've had a few friends who have had sneak peeks into some chapters because we want to get their opinion as well. And they're like, I got something out of that and I'm not a pastor or a pastor's mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. So we know that it's for the church and we yeah. hope that we can get the word out as much as possible. Pre-orders are so important. They really yes. are to get your book seen that first day mm-hmm. it drops because otherwise it just kind of disappears, you know, yeah, along yeah. the way. Amazon, if they don't love it, they're not going to put it where people can see it or, you know, all the other places we are, Barnes & Noble or Target. If we want to be in the stores, mm-hmm. which we would love to be in stores and not just mm-hmm. online, like yeah. we got to get those pre-orders. So, well, yeah. And I think like one thing I love about the book is you are going to w- walk through every chapter and you're going to laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. You're also going to be like hit in the gut um, yeah. and go, okay, wow, I need to really change that about me. But also like, you know, tear up and cry and go, oh mm-hmm. yeah, like that is me. Or I have struggled with that. There's a lot of vulnerability. We've had yeah. more than one person go, well, I didn't know you were going to be that vulnerable. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that people, even that are followers of our podcast have not heard um, yeah. that mm-hmm. is in the book. And so, and it's I lo- one thing I love about it is like, you can go back to it. If mm-hmm. You want to read it in order, but you can also go back to it if you're struggling in your marriage and need some encouragement. Almost like a handbook. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. It's it's That's it's awesome. so crazy. So yeah. it's going to be great. scripture too. Yeah, lots mm-hmm. of scripture. Awesome. Well, we're going to include the link too. So you can buy it on Amazon. You can pre-order it on Amazon and we'll, we'll include that link in the show notes um, as well as your website. Um, any, any parting wisdom, final thoughts, anything you want to share with our listeners? You guys spent time with us. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, our ladies, you know, um, you know, our, our, our church and, and got to spend time with us at the, at the deep conference. So anything, any, any parting thoughts you want to share with us? One thing I'll, I'll say just because it's so big in my life all the time. Um, and we talk a lot about it, but, uh, for a lot of long time in my life, um, and still today, if I, if I don't check in with Jesus and he, um, and I'm not listening, but a lot of times, uh, we get really busy doing things for him that we don't spend time Mm -hmm. with him. And so I had a time in my life where, um, I was at a retreat and he spoke very clearly to me and he said, Jessica, are you more concerned about doing things for me or being with me? Mm -hmm. And at that time I was like, Oh Lord, 
doing things for you. It is, it is doing things for you. So I would just challenge um, the church to remember that you can strive all you want, but it doesn't matter what you're doing, good, bad, ugly, wonderful scene. He just wants you. He just wants you Mm -hmm. to sit at his feet and to be with you because he loves you and he is your father. So please know that is what is most important. And then when you do that, the overflow of his beautiful spirit will move throughout every person that you come in contact with. I I would say just speaking to women in general, and this can go to anybody, but I think as women, we tend to compare a lot. Um, we compare ourselves to other people like, oh, well, I want Mm -hmm. that, what she has, or I wish I was more like that. And we all know comparison is the thief of joy. And so just remember that like God created you to be uniquely you and like nobody else, there is nobody else out there like you. And just remember whose you are, you're Mm -hmm. his, and he's the only one who can say who you are. And Mm -hmm. once you realize that there's so much freedom that comes in, in that. Yeah. Yes. I, can I just piggyback off of something so Jessica said? I Because sure. I think that's what I struggle with. I want to do all the to-do lists mm-hmm. and do all the nice things and the good things yep. and then not just be with him. But I think also when you're with him, like she's talking about, what overflows out of that is true love for other people mm-hmm. and community mm-hmm. rather than just being like, okay, I did some good deeds. And I will say yeah. your church, I think we all felt that from your women. Absolutely. They were very loving and caring. Mm -hmm. And I felt like they really were like seeing us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not just that we were a checklist, but asking us questions and like, I don't know, it was just so friendly. And I think that was across the board from what we were seeing just from viewing the other women who were attending. I think everyone was loved on well. And that is an overflow of what's happening at home and in the Mm -hmm. quiet places, I believe. That's so good. And that, uh, Stephanie, I'm so, uh, thank you for saying that. Just it's so kind. Um, it's one of the reasons when, you know, when I came to Bethlehem, that was what I felt. It's the people, it's the, you know, the people that, um, that make the difference and, mm-hmm. and that love, the love of Jesus that, that is present. So yeah. thank y'all so much for this time. And thank you for, for the joy and the humor and the uh and just the just being cheerleaders y'all are so fun to be around you guys uh are 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 a blast and you're you're sharing the love of jesus and you're having a blast doing it so i love it (laughs) so thank (laughs) y'all thank you so much for having us thank you so much absolutely well there you have it the pastor's wives tell all y'all be sure to check out their website pastorswivestellall.com They are on all social media platforms as Pastor's Wives Tell All, and their book, Pastor's Wives Tell All, Navigating Real Church Life with Honesty and Humor, is available for pre-order now through Amazon.com, and it releases on April 30th, 2024. I've ordered my copy, so be sure to get yours today. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Beyond Sunday, and be sure to email us at beyondsunday at bethlehemchurch.us with any questions or ideas for future episodes. We love hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys, and we can't wait to see you on our next episode of Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem.